1: Hi everyone, I'm Carol. And I'm David. Are you ready to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny? Well, you've come to the right
2: place because that's what the sexy lifestyle is all about. And David and I are passionate about making your sex life the best it can be.
1: We sure are. And you know we love talking about sex and sexuality, sexual pleasure, communication, consent, respect, and of course, relationships. And hope our discussions open up your dialogue about great sex because...
2: Well, great sex matters and you deserve it. So, do you ever
1: wonder why you feel uncomfortable talking about your sex life? Do you silently wish it was easier to share your feelings when it comes to sex and sexuality?
2: Well, on today's show, Shameless Sex, we're going to be talking about breaking away from the traditional views of female sexuality and find out how we can all experience self-love, sexual empowerment, and shame-free intimacy. And to lead this discussion, we're so excited to introduce our guests today, Amy and April, from the Shameless Sex podcast. Amy Baldwin is a somatic sex and relationship coach, a certified sex educator, as well as the co owner of a mother daughter owned pleasure boutique called Pure Pleasure Shop. And April Lampert. Uh, has been educating people about sexual pleasure health and wellness at a global scale for the past nine years she travels internationally as the vp of hot octopus an innovative pleasure product company and together amy and april combined forces to create the shameless sex podcast inspiring radical self-love sexual empowerment and shame-free intimacy
1: wow i'm just going to sit here and let the three of you talk about everything related to sex and and relationships so let me first welcome amy and april to the sexy lifestyle
3: oh thank you for having
4: us we're so happy to be here such a pleasure to have you too but you can't just sit there complacent david no that's not allowed (laughs) he's he's in
1: awe (laughs) you know you know we're swingers and one of the things that cannot or one of the ways you cannot describe me within life or within a swinger situation is complacent. I've been known to be called the director.
2: When he said he was just going to sit back and listen, it's because his fantasies were going to take over. And perhaps his mouth will not be able to work as well. But that's all, David. That's for sure.
1: Yes, I'm definitely um, a doer, not a sit back and watcher. (laughs)
3: All right. Well, Great. we invite all of your doing, but if you want to sit back and watch, we're, we're fine Even names too.
2: <laughs> well, we're so, so excited. So you're a grower, not a grower? I'm just
1: <laughs> Well, you could ask Carol.
2: Oh, he's both. He's good. He's all good down there. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> so we're so happy to have you guys on the show and we're excited to get started. So I know we did a brief introduction of uh, what you guys do and, and who you guys are in your podcast, but why don't you tell us a little bit about the podcast and why it's important for you guys? So, Shameless
3: Sex is a podcast, just as you described it, inspiring radical self-love, shameless intimacy. We, So, April and I have been best friends for years. We actually met working in the restaurant industry a long time ago. Met over a story of her talking about being spanked at a party, and I knew I loved her from the start. (laughs) And I was like, I love this crowd. She will be my friend. Uh, But when I entered into the sex story industry by opening up an adult store and becoming a sex educator, um, I hired her as the art manager at Pure Pleasure here in Santa Cruz. And um, she is just uh, incredible at working with people and helping people and inspiring people. And... Um, She took off from there working in the adult toy industry, and um, I grew as well in my educational realm and working as a coach, and decided that we wanted to create a podcast together. It was actually inspired by going on Sex with Emily's podcast. Mm -hmm. We were on an episode there, and our episode apparently was like the number one downloaded episode of 2017, and we just loved our dynamic there and also just had a lot to share, and and we bring in different approaches uh, and just really wanted to get the word out to not just you know 30 people when we teach a workshop locally, but now thousands upon thousands of people all over the world. Uh, how can we inspire people to make their own rules about who they are as sexual beings? And that's really what we do is uh, get people to really um, get, think outside of the box. So, uh,
4: so there's four of us, so we're, we're all eager to, to speak to each other. I know we're all excited, um, but I just wanted to add to Amy's um, explanation that we both um, were single at the time as well. So we were having some serious sexcapades that were really fun to talk with one another about. And uh, we were like, people were curious about what we were doing and friends had always come to us for advice on sex and relationships. And Amy was a certified coach, but Uh, It really did. It was like giving folks a peek into uh, both of us being open sexual humans into like how we handle things and and the tools we use to navigate sex, life, relationships, all of it, and doing it in a shameless style, creating our own rules. Because everyone likes to put things into boxes.
1: Absolutely.
4: So we want to break open the box.
1: Absolutely. And you know, our, our show started about 18 months ago, and it's, it's grown incredibly. Uh, we have over 325,000 listeners in 65 countries now. And our show started by the concept of starting up a show to promote our movie, which we've written for Hollywood, which is called Sex, Love, and Jealousy, and is about a, a jealous husband's wife who mistakenly books a couple's retreat at a swingers resort. So the concept was... Get a listenership, get people listening, and when the movie comes out, promote it. But um, like you guys, we started up our, our radio show and started bringing on these amazing guests who were enlightening everybody about how important it is to talk about sex and to have a great sex life and how to spice up your sex life. And our show has grown and grown and grown. And now... We're starting our own network, and there's going to be 50 or 60 other hosts on our sexy lifestyle channel to talk about sex because, like you guys have found out, it is just so important, and people don't know what they don't know.
4: Well, sex is such a topic of that everybody is interested in. I mean, let's face it, not even 18 years above, like uh, people that are younger, young adults, everyone has an interest in talking about sex. As, as we've experienced, as you all having your radio show and Amy and I, there's a hunger for knowledge and how to improve and spice up your sex life, but also how to, how to sort of live day to day if you're single um, and how to kind of better yourself as well. And sex is a huge part of all of our being, so... It's a really important topic that we both are so passionate about.
2: Absolutely. And the the sad part is that there's not very many resources to get the, the good and the true information. And therefore, it's so important for shows like ours and like yours to get the message out there. So people actually have a place to go and learn about their sexuality.
4: Exactly. Totally agree with you.
2: That's awesome. No, it's so important that you guys have this podcast and uh, you're enjoying it very much, which is half the battle again. But you also have other jobs, well, uh, that uh, take your time. So, Amy, you have the Pure Pleasure Shop with your daughter. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
3: Yeah, it's actually with my mother. Oh, I'm the daughter. Okay. There, you <laughs> go. there you go. I didn't
2: know that. Yeah.
3: And yes, my mom and I started Pure Pleasure ten years ago. We actually are having our ten-year anniversary in the next couple of days, although we're too busy to celebrate. So we'll be celebrating in a couple of months. Yeah, we that we got started because we felt a need for that in, in our community. We didn't have anyone in the Santa Cruz community that was doing sex education classes and workshops, and. Um, So that's what we do It isn't just Selling sex toys It's also To educate folks And become a resource For them to learn About sexuality Um, And it's it's awesome. I never asked for a better business partner than my mom because that's like the ultimate trust. You know, we have this unconditional love and this dedication to always working things out. And um, yeah, it's it's a really wonderful offering. And she pretty much runs the store now. I don't really, I just teach there and I do all these other things. You know, now we have the Shameless Sex Podcast and um, I work with clients privately on their sex and relationship stuff. And I still teach workshops there at Pure Pleasure and all over. Um, so I now wear mini hats in the industry but pure pleasure really is kind of what got me and um, got my my start in this wonderful world of sex education
1: fantastic and april tell us about your hot pussy <laughs> <laughs>
3: well it is a hot pussy
4: it's i funny think he was waiting hot for hot
2: that hot line right yeah
4: he was all <laughs> week was, that was definitely pre-planned all i like that i
1: didn't sleep last night thinking about how to get the delivery out <laughs> right talking about your hot pussy
4: funny because I have Hot Octopus written on um, my business credit card. And when I go out to business dinners or I'm out taking clients out, it says Hot Octopus. And then my name is like secondary. So literally, especially when I'm at big dinners and I paid the the waiter, I'll come back and look. Like, I'm looking for a Hot Octopus. Oh, that's hilarious.
2: <laughs> like, my goodness. That's, that's so funny.
4: Like that is my birth name. Um, so, <laughs> you know, Hot Octopus is a company. We're based in London, actually, England. And we make um, really beautiful high-end male masturbators. Uh, We've been around only for five years, and Hot Octopus, they're changing people's lives. It was something that I started only about um, January 2017. I started working with Hot Octopus, and before that, I was with Fun Factory, which is a 20-plus year established German sex toy manufacturer. And I didn't think that I should move from Fun Factory because, Hot Oct- especially to Hot Octopus, they had been really pursuing me for years. And I said, I- you sell, they only had two products. They had two penis massagers. And I'm like, how can I operate? I don't own a penis. So mm-hmm. I don't think I can work with you with just the two products, even though they're beautiful. Uh, but there was um, me doing research and investigating the brand over the years and finally um, just amazed at the testimonials because the product line, that it's called the Pulse 3 Solo and Duo, they actually um, use this really beautiful technology that helps folks, any penis owner can use the product, but specifically if you have any erectile um, dysfunction per se this product is actually proven to give you an erection, an orgasm and it was developed by Danish doctors um, for a uh, totally a separate thing, not for pleasure, but for Producing children, technically, so nothing sexy there, really, because it was used on folks with spinal cord injuries. But from that, like you know, my research and and reviewing how amazing the product technology was, um we we streamed off and done about, and we have seven different products, um, and some incorporate vulvas, a lot of penis toys though, and that category is something that we continue to grow, but. Working for a luxury male masturbation company is so funny. Like being on the road, being like, "I'm the VP of Hot Octopus," <laughs> and people are like, "What is Hot Octopus?" I'm like, "High end male masturbators," and they're like, "Oh, like a pocket pussy?" I'm like, "Well, yeah. wow. Jordan, it's like a pocket pussy." So, the products are beautiful, and I, I love the manufacturing side of sex toys because I do product development with, um, with you know, um, the owners and. I get to travel all over the world and build the business and we're growing so quickly. So it's, I, I come from a very, Amy's very education based and I come from like the power ass boss bitch side where I'm like, I'm going to close some deals. So that's, that's what Hot Octopus really. We're just like, if, if um, your listeners out there haven't heard of us, we do great in Canada actually where y'all are based. Um, I, and I was just out there. Uh, we sell a lot of products in Canada, but if you haven't checked it out, check out our, our product line. Um, it's, Hot octopus with two S's, I think people will be impressed. They I don't think, look like sex they look like lifestyle products. I
1: think I'd like to try a couple of these samples so we can talk about them a little bit more. For sure, for sure. Our-
2: you know, there's so many yeah. high-end female um, uh, sex toys that there's very few male-oriented sex toys in the high-end scale. So that's kind of cool that, that you've got into that marketplace. And we make a
4: couples product too that you can use um, during foreplay. So if you're not in the mood, you're a penis owner, you're not in the mood. You can throw this product on. It taps on your frenulum, and then it stimulates an erection. And then the if there's a vulva owner using, you can and there's a, another motor on the flip side. So you can kind of grind on it, and it, it's, and then you take it off when the cock is ready for play, and then you're um, on to your next. Is thing. it like is it like
0: Whatever
2: a is it like a cock ring? The one you just described. No around?
4: It's, it's it's um it's kinda looks like um an upside down think about a stingray, like the animal. Oh yeah? Mm-hmm. And like it, it's oh, it's it wraps wings, around, yeah, wrap I saw around, that but one. it's open. Mm-hmm. So yes, mm-hmm. that's that's the duo. Mm-hmm. And then it has a remote so you can sort of adjust the settings. It's really cool. I'll send y'all one. So you mm-hmm. have to talk about and try out because yeah, it's I, pretty
2: I, cool I checked out your website before we got on uh, on this call and I saw that I was actually unsure I was going to ask you about it so now I understand it completely
4: yeah it's, the concept's weird because people don't they think about couples toys as something you wear during insertion but this one's really just a um, it's a pre-sex toy it's just a foreplay mechanism Beautiful. it's really effective
1: so so now you have um, a hot pussy you have a shameless sex podcast you are in the sex industry No wonder, and we congratulate you for being Woman of the Year in the adult industry.
3: Thank you.
1: Yes, it was so incredible.
4: Yeah, it was really cool. I I was really fortunate to win that award, and it was yeah. I still have the trophy downstairs. Uh Uh-huh,
2: very cool. Uh,
4: And I and I was really yeah pleased to empower other women because um, this the the industry that we're in, both Amy and I, um, on the other side of Shameless Sex, the adult toy industry the sex toy industry is full of a lot of a lot of men so it's great to be honored as um, making strides and and uh, in the industry and and be recognized for that because it's going in a different direction and i'm I'm happy that that y'all brought that up so thank you for congratulations again remark
1: and just a couple of weeks ago we had on our show dominic caretso i don't know if you know her she's based in uk She's part of Get Mine. Um, Get and, Mine, Healthy Pleasure, and she's also involved with um, Women Eros. of Sex Tech. Oh
2: yeah, and Pure Eros. Remember, she was launching Pure Eros. Yeah. So, and she. Oh yes, I know Pure Eros. Okay.
1: And she's all about promoting women in the sex toy industry because it's so male-dominated, and the stuff that they're doing is absolutely incredible. And we're actually going to partner up with them to help promote women like yourselves to succeed in the in the business world.
4: Well. I commend her for that. We should I should have a little meeting with her when
1: I'm in the UK. I'll make the introduction. You guys will get along no, great. thank
2: you. <laughs> so we can help each other. And I know one of your sponsors is Uber Lube, and we are so big fans of Lube. I don't know if we've used Uber, Uber Lube before. However, um, that helps you guys get out there and, and talk about sec- healthy sexuality on the road as well when you're representing them. Is that correct?
3: Yeah, Uber Lube is... Uh, I've actually worked with Uber lube for a number of years. And if you haven't tried it, you must. We'll send you a sample of that too because it is one of those lubricants that when you use it, you honestly didn't know lube could be that good. It's like the most um, amazing, luxurious lubricant. It's silicone-based and stays really silky. And um, doctors are recommending it for folks who are really sensitive to lubricants, which is actually really common and um, or people who are experiencing dryness. So we are really, really fortunate and happy to have probably the best lube, in our opinion, in the world um, on, our, on our side. So yeah, it's, it's
1: incredible. And we tell everybody all the time, it doesn't matter how old you are, what stage you're at in sexuality, in relationships, just use lube lots and lots it just of lube. makes sex so much better
2: everything better mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. yeah and it's it's something that that isn't doesn't have to take over the experience it's just there to enhance the experience and it's and it's can enhance every single experience so yeah if you don't have lube Go buy a bottle, get Uber lube, keep it on your nightstand. And um, if you're a single person and if I were to sleep with you, I would, you would get some brownie points for having lube on your nightstand. (laughs) 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 I meet people who don't have lube. Like, what the, how do you not have lube? You need to have lube.
2: What's wrong with it?
1: So let me get this. I have lube. That means we're going to have sex together.
2: Yep. Well, you get brownie points, she
1: said. I'll take the points and the sex.
2: As long as it's good lube, yeah.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. All right, let's let's take a quick break, but well, let's remind everybody: this is the Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David, and today we're chatting with the amazing Amy and April of the Shameless Sex Podcast. And right after this short commercial break, we're going to continue our discussion about breaking barriers and changing points of view related to sex and sexuality. So stay tuned. First, we're going to hear a short pause from our sponsor, Throws a Passion Waterproof Pleasure Blanket
6: Have you ever wanted something so bad that you do just about anything for it? Well, that's exactly how we feel about you. That's right. AdamandEve.com wants you so bad. We're giving you 10 free gifts with your first order. You heard me right. That's 10 free gifts to spice up your love life. who've never tried Adam and Eve before. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item. It could be an adventurous new toy, a sexy piece of lingerie, or anything you desire. Just enter offer code GREATSEX at checkout and you'll get all 10 free gifts, including free shipping. That's offer code GREATSEX. That's G-R-E-A-T-S-E-X at adamandeve.com.
0: listening to the sexy lifestyle with carol and david got a burning question or comment about today's show send an email to ask at carol and and we just might be answering your question next now back to this week's show
1: this is the sexy lifestyle we are carol and david and today we're chatting with amy and april from the shameless sex podcast and now it's time to get into how and why shame is so prevalent when it comes to sex and sexuality.
2: You know, even with all the movements going on today to empower women, there's still so much stigma surrounding the topic of sex and sexual pleasure. So let's get talking about the root of the cause of shame in our culture. Uh, the root cause of shame, it's, it's a lot of the rules that we have to live by, the ideas, social constructs
3: that say that there's one way to be. And if you go to the root, God, hundreds of years ago, let's go look at some ancient scripture, um, the Bible, all kinds of things, religion, and um, different uh, groups of, of folks who got together and decided that there was one way to be and that their way of being was the way and that. Uh, sexuality was a big part of that, and so there became a lot of ideas of what what not to do or what to do, and if you didn't do or did do certain things, then you could be ostracized or stoned or burned at the stake. Wow, that is ne- not necessarily what it feels like today. A lot of the shame and the ideas of people think how they think sex should be is still related to that old stuff, like you know ancient stuff that is still here affecting us and. So people who have a discomfort around anal sex, or people who have um, shame about being gay, or um, or et cetera, uh, uh, while it feels like it's just related to present stuff, a lot of the old um, the old rules and regulations that were given to us are are still here and greatly affecting that. So, um, yeah, I mean, shame is is entirely related to social ideas of how people should live. Uh, and people are trying to conform to that and when they don't they either get shamed or shame themselves because they don't fit in
1: that's so that's so well put because it's really society that has changed the way we look at relationships the way we look at sex and, you know, even behaviors when it comes to how men treat women. We had Cindy Gallup on our show a couple of weeks ago, and she's just an amazing person. She comes from uh, the sex toy industry as where, well, she has the brand uh, Make Love, Not Porn. And uh, she was talking about how parents spend so much time teaching their children manners about how to eat, how to walk, how to talk. And just imagine if they spent time teaching their children on how to have good relationships, how to have great sex. And she was saying we wouldn't have these rape and, and Me Too issues if kids were taught by their parents from the beginning good manners instead... In sexual content Instead of not talking to them about sex because it's taboo, which... We believe is just society saying, you know, you don't talk about sex because it's not the right thing to do. It's more important to talk about, you know, um, how do you uh, walk to school and how do you eat your food. And uh, the show was just fantastic. She she's such a, an eloquent speaker.
4: Well, a lot, and a lot of these things, folks discuss shame um, in general, with specifically with sex. I think with with, and I'll speak for myself because to speak for anyone else but uh it came from my my parents and i guess culturally yes we can look back to like, history and and um what people do behind closed doors has always been questionable and and what they do and how they are openly um is probably very different than what they do behind closed doors but i know that when you, you touch yourself when you're little your parents call it your no-no like right. no you don't want to do that in public and instead you can be like hey you could do that when you're at home or, um, but, but putting, I don't know, less, less shame into um, children when they're little and, and what's happening with their bodies, I think is really important. And I think Amy was, was never shamed for, I think a lot of how your mother parented you and, and your parents versus me. So Amy, Amy has really helped me open up to feeling more comfortable because I grew up in the the Midwest. It was very Culturally there was very different than culturally in Santa Cruz, California, where I live now, talking about sex. It still is. It's still super conservative. So Absolutely. I think depending on where you are, I know living maybe in, in more of a city environment, um, there's more resources for people. But shame is, is a, it's a very dark thing that can sort of hover around you until you release it and start.
2: Yeah. And so what I'm hearing from you is that so many people are experiencing shame when they talk about or feel different feelings with sex, that it's, it's so common, and yet it's still not right. So even though you are feeling shame, and you think so other people are also feeling shame, it's still not the right thing. So the best is to work through it and try to get away from that shamefulness. But you brought up a cool fact that Amy wasn't Uh, schooled in the same way or brought up in the same way. Um, And now her mother who has this who's running the sex shop, I kind of feel like she's definitely an open person if she's running a sex shop with her daughter. So Amy, how was that growing up that way with a mom who was very open to this kind of discussion?
3: Well, we didn't necessarily talk about pl- pleasure per se. We weren't talking about orgasm and pleasure and all of that until I was 18 and already pursuing um, a career in the human sexuality realm. So I essentially started opening up those conversations. But what she did do was um, let me know. there. I, they, she didn't use words like no, no. Um, she let me know when I was way before I was even sexually active that when I wanted to be sexually active that I could come to her to get on birth control um, my parents, both of the, my parents, didn't have any any really strict rules or regulations around dating. Um, when I was a teenager, they actually preferred that I would, um, you know, be at home in my room with a boyfriend than be out and about on town because they knew it was safer. And so there wasn't this this idea that they needed to pretend like I wasn't growing up or that I wasn't sexual or that I wasn't dating. Um, so it's just those ideas, even though there wasn't, they weren't having direct conversations with me um, just because there wasn't the opposite of that, the the thing, the rules about how, what I could and couldn't do. And you're not allowed to do this till you're 18 and all that. I never got the message that it wasn't okay or that it wasn't healthy. And uh, so then it, it really allowed me to grow up as a very open a sexually shameless being. And of course I still have my moments where things come and go or, uh, cause I can, I can shame myself. You know, I can yeah, have we all a moment where there's mm-hmm. something that happens where I internalize it. I don't express it or share it with anyone and it just festers and grows inside of me and it becomes this, this weight of armor of shame that I'm, I'm wearing and, uh, and I can, of course, unload that a little bit by starting to share with people like April or other people I'm really close with, or sometimes on a podcast, you know, outing sure. all my dirty laundry. <laughs> and then it's not shame anymore. Then it's just this part of my life. Right. And, um, well,
1: thank you for considering us as your friends.
2: <laughs> yeah, no. you're my friends. You want no. my dirty laundry? Always. <laughs> now, in your sex education classes that you provide, do you specialize in shame or it's just one of the issues that you cover?
3: It's one of the issues that we cover. I, I like to describe myself as kind of a, a fusion between the woo-woo energetic world, you know, all like the emotions and the feelings behind sexuality um, combined with the academic world because I personally am a very heady person who does a lot of work to get into my heart and be live from my body. Uh, so I teach from that perspective of like, okay, here's the tools, here's how you do this, and here's um, more of the somatic experiences and the emotional experiences that are involved in this as well. Um, and shame just seems to kind of always pop up here and there. It is almost always something I open any workshop, whether it's like a blowjob 101 workshop or an anal 101 workshop. Shame comes up in the beginning at some point because I do believe, and so does April, we both believe that it's important to. Um, look at that and get clear on the shame and work through it before we move into all the yummy things because otherwise the shame is going to get in the way.
2: Oh that's actually a great idea and uh, I mean shame can stop a lot of things from happening naturally because you feel the hesitation because of the back of your mind you're you're feeling that shame but how do you actually teach people to let go of that? We love
3: to use Brene Brown's uh, tools she has that this whole process. Um, she has a lot of great resources. Uh, Brene Brown has some TED talks. There's a number of books. Uh, she has a Audible book called um, Men, Women, and Worthiness. And in Men, Women, and Worthiness, she talks about shame and shame res- resiliency. And what she says is that shame. Thrives in silence and secrecy, and it dies in empathy. Uh, and so, the key to when you, when shame comes your way, and when you start to notice that you're internalizing it, meaning it's something that you don't want people to know, because if they know, they won't love you. You know, yeah. that's that's what shame feels like. Guilt is different. Guilt's like that thing I did was bad, but shame is I'm bad. There's something wrong with me, right. and I don't want people to know that and when you start to internalize that what we guide people through that as said by Brené Brown or suggested by Brené Brown is um to find your safe outlets your out your shame allies um are who are people who are people that love you and all of your vulnerabilities so you can come to them and cry you can scream you can yell of course not at them you know and you're not going like to hit them and, and but you can come with all of your emotions and they They say, I'm here. I'm here just to listen. I still love you, you know, and and to those kind of people. uh, And so you go to those people and say, hey, I have some shame. Can I share this with you? I'm not looking to be fixed. I'm just looking to be heard. And they just listen. And uh, and you realize that they still love you and you didn't lose the love and they don't think you're a terrible person. They don't think you're broken. And all of a sudden the shame is. Not as powerful as it
2: once was. Well, I mean, in the swinging uh, lifestyle, we see this all the time because most swingers are underground and and they don't tell any of their friends or family their fear of losing their jobs or being judged. And six years ago now, I guess it was, yeah, 2012, Dave and I both came out and we were out in the open to our friends, family, and everybody. And we told our, our kids and our brothers and sisters and parents and everybody. And actually it was such a weight off our shoulders because it was something we were hiding and it's such an open lifestyle. And then you run around hiding where you're going, what you're wearing, who you're seeing, who you're with, that it was just so great to let it out. So I kind of understand what you're saying. And
1: the cool part about the fact that we told everybody about it allowed us to get into the uh, our website and into our radio show telling everybody about it because the people close to us know. And our kids, they were okay, but I mean, kids don't even want to know their parents are having sex. So they don't ask us very many questions. As they get a little older, our kids are from 16 to 26 now. um, They ask a couple of questions, a couple of the older ones have read our script, but it's really allowed us to feel that relief where we can be out there in the public and talk about those important things like we were just saying, um, telling people information about a lot that they're afraid to ask about.
2: But also we feel that we can be ourselves. And right. There's no shame in being a swinger. It's just something we like to do. It's our lifestyle. We chose it. Like you said, it's about making rules that work for us. That's the rules we made for us, and it works for us.
4: And that's that's a beautiful way to put it. So for folks, maybe the listeners out there that have shame around different things, maybe they're not swingers, maybe they they uh, whatever you know there's so many different yeah, cases lifestyles. of shame but mm-hmm. outing it can open new doors And outing you don't have to out it to like the person at the grocery store um, that's just walking by but feeling safe with someone and just being like hey do you have a minute can I have a minute of your time to share something with you and then kind of going into detail about what it is and um, not necessarily expecting a response and that's also a good point maybe you're not the person outing the shame, maybe the person getting the shame outed too. And it's just important to listen and not having not even having a response in mind being like, thank you for sharing. I'm gonna sit with that. And I'm here for you. If there's anything I can do to support you, let me know. But um, that was something.
1: Do you also find that you deal with shame amongst couples, um, where a husband might want to be pegged or have his wife do something, but just doesn't know how to open up and tell her about it because he's worried how she's going to feel.
4: Absolutely. We get emails. I don't even know. Now I'm losing count because we're, we're, we're there's so many, but the biggest subject matter of, of the content of most of the emails that we receive are, am I normal? Mm-hmm. Should I share this with my partner? But am I normal? Is this normal? And our answer is always yes. And we, we stand by both Amy and myself stand by this kind of theory and thought and and, and, and takeaway that if it's consensual behavior, if if what you're interacting and doing is um, is consensual, then then it's it, it's okay. Yeah. So there's there's definitely people that that have. Um, we just received an email from a listener and I don't know if you've even read it, Amy, but um, someone that's been cheating on his um, wife because he is um, in the army and he leaves regularly and he has relationships with other people. And he is like, should I tell her I'm not sexually attracted to her after our child. And I don't know what to do because I don't want to leave because of our child, but I don't want to keep lying to her. What, what do I do? I have so much shame in this and guilt and I, and I, and I need to figure out um, a solution and, And that's the thing. This happens a lot. And these are things I, you know, I cheated on my ex-husband and that was something that was my shame. And Amy really was a person that helped me through that. And Amy, she talks about having an abortion and that was there was shame in that. And there was a lot of things that we came out with to our listeners that I think have helped them also feel comfortable knowing our vulnerabilities.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And that's that armor that you said you let go of that armor that was just weighting you down and stopping you from being the true, uh, authentic person you could be.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it it really comes down to to freedom. You know, when the armor is up, you you just can't feel as free as you would if you didn't have that thick layer there holding you back. You know, for you two with with not letting people know that you're living a swinging lifestyle, uh, I'm sure once you did, you felt so free and connected and and inspired to fully express yourselves. And just and that applies to any any amount of shame is. When we can uh, let let it some of it go or all of it go, then we feel this new sense of freedom, and it is so, it's just so
1: liberating.
2: Yeah, powerful. Yeah. yeah, liberating. Absolutely. And there's so many people also that struggle with a feeling of worthiness. Like, are they worthy of love or worthy of pleasure? And how do you inspire those people to to love themselves and feel worthy?
3: So worthiness is. I mean, everyone is dealing with worthiness issues to a certain degree here and there. Um, and it's a hard work to work on at times depending on the level of worthiness. But um, I think the important thing is one understanding that it all starts with you. And I, there's the saying that you can't love someone else until you fully love yourself. Well, we don't necessarily say that because uh, it, not everyone can ever fully love themselves. Maybe it's not always on the table. Uh, and that's a lot of pressure to so learn to love every part of yourself. So, But it really does come down to finding, taking time for you and getting clear on your needs. What are my, you know, what are my needs and how do I tend to those instead of putting my needs on the back burner? Because I think that's what happens a lot with worthiness is that I'm not worthy of my needs, so I'm not going to voice them. I'm not going to try, even try to feel them. They're not worthy of time and space and no one even wants to, um, to take care of them or to honor them because I'm too much or I'm not enough. And the, the first step is to even start to feel what your needs are, to allow yourself to um, feel, feel where they come from in your body, what they are, and then what, what are the needs? What do they need and how do you take care of them? And to start doing that. And a big part of that is self-care, creating regular self-care practices, even if it's, you know, 10 minutes a day of just slowing down and checking with yourself. And like, what do I need in this moment? Because the rest of the day, you just completely disregard and ignore yourself and your needs. Um, That will help and doing little things like that and just starting to practice more and more taking care of you and with through little acts of self-care. And as you do that, it'll just become more of the default and also getting support, not trying to do everything all on your own. You know, listening to podcasts like this that are very inspirational, um, working with therapists. I love EMDR or Hakomi therapists for deeper trauma and wounding and um, or sex and relationship coaches, et cetera, et cetera. Just, Just having your team of people that help you out.
4: And there's this saying like Olympic athletes have coaches. Right. And they're skilled at what they do. Uh, so you don't need to go at this alone, even if you believe people, sometimes a lot of folks, at least in my experience, think of therapy as as um, the last resort. But I think it's like, it's a guide, it's a tool that even if you don't think you're in, you don't have a lot of shame or you don't need it, therapy and coaching is such a great tool to just help you through so many things, whether it's career coaching, relationship coaching, but thinking of it as a tool to just better your skills at you're being a human being and getting through life. So um, I don't know. I think that also one important thing that I'll add to what Amy had to share is that you are responsible for you and your own happiness. You're never going to find it in a partner or a person other than within yourself. And depending on anyone else for your happiness, it's impossible. You have to figure it out within yourself. And I think that will also be a great way to identify letting go of your shame, being like, how can I get through this on my own? Of course you have support through therapists, friends, all of it, but realizing that you will always be in charge of your own happiness. This is something that I'm, I'm 36 next month. I'm just starting to wrap my head around fully because I always thought finding the next partner that was better, that was great, was going to find my, find my happiness and it's total bullshit. You're in charge of your own happiness. And It's something that, I mean, hopefully you too, Carol and David, you you probably realize that. I mean, you're together, you're swingers, you're having fun, you're open, you're talking with one another. But you probably realized a long time ago that you, if you're not happy and loving yourself, it's going to be difficult to share and love your partner.
0: Yeah,
2: absolutely.
1: Well, that was an amazing section of this show. Um, We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to put Amy and April on the spot with our sexy myth-busting games. So let's remind everyone, this is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David. And today we're talking with uh, Amy and April from the Shameless Sex Podcast. So just hang on. We're going to have a quick pause and a break from our sponsor, adamandeve.com. And when we come back, we're going to get into some sexy myth-busting. So hang on. We'll be right back.
6: Have you ever wanted something so bad that you do just about anything for it? Well, that's exactly how we feel about you. That's right. AdamandEve.com wants you so bad. We're giving you 10 free gifts with your first order. You heard me right. That's 10 free gifts to spice up your love life. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item. It could be an adventurous new toy, a sexy piece of lingerie, or anything you desire. Just enter offer code GREATSEX at checkout, and you'll get all 10 free gifts, including free shipping. That's offer code GREATSEX. That's G-R-E-A-T-S-E-X at adamandeve.com.
0: You are listening to The Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Got a burning question or comment about today's show? Send an email to ask at Carolandavid.com. And we just might be answering your question next. Now back to this week's show.
1: This is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David. And today we're talking with Amy and April from the Shameless Sex Podcast. And now it's time for some sexy myth-busting all about women's sexual health.
2: Each show, we invite our sexpert guest to bust a few sexy fun myths to help us filter through some of the misinformation that we find out there on the Internet, especially when it comes to the topic of sex and sexuality
1: all right so this is about women yeah so maybe i'll just sit back and listen and learn about these myths all right do you want me to read the first one yeah because the last couple of shows i went first
2: okay here we go here well you have to tell us is it it true or false and why women value men with powerful status and men value women who are both youthful and attractive
3: (laughs) (laughs) we don't agree with that (laughs) we want to be a noise for that one um yeah, I'm sure that there's plenty of women who value men who, who are powerful and men who value women who are youthful and attractive, but um, this is, definitely does not apply to everyone. Um, I know plenty of men that are loving women that are older than them, um, and I know plenty of women that are more, I guess it doesn't, depends on the powerful, but make more money and are more dominant than the men that they're with, and it's a mutual attraction, and it works really well, so... Um, you no, know, again, to, to each their own, and what works for you works, but no, it doesn't always go this
2: way. And getting rid of those gender stereotypes is a good thing. So I'm glad you busted that one. Thank you. Here's another one: Women want fewer sex partners. <laughs>
1: I, don't
4: agree. I would, I would put fewer with more probably in there. That would that would make more sense. I think that we totally disagree with that. I think, um, I mean, there's more people on the planet so why not have more partners
3: well and sluts are awesome because the more you practice the better you get at it and this applies to everything not just sex but um, and this also includes sexual partners and and you know men women all genders um, they're humans and humans like newness and newness also can be different sex partners and a lot of them so um, yeah, I know plenty of women that they like a lot of variety and they have no problem having multiple sexual partners at once or having a long list of sexual partners that they've been with. Um,
1: and and just, just building on that, um, it's not a myth and let's just have a quick discussion. But are you finding that there are more women out there who are into exploring, um, I don't want to call it bisexuality, more like bi- I'm Curious? Curious. Um, by, just playful. E- by playful, just experimenting not just with men or different types of men, white, black, or Asian or, or all different types of um, demographics, but with other women as well.
2: Yeah,
3: we like to call that heteroflexible. Um, oh, that I love uh, that. More,
2: <laughs>
3: more heteroflexibility uh, coming for women than men, although part, part, I, I think that that's just also um, based on what that's part of the cultural acceptance, right? There isn't as much acceptance of men being heteroflexible as there's women. There's almost this, this thought that women should be, at least in a lot of my communities, I feel like there's this thought that women should be heteroflexible and into playing with women as well. Whereas men aren't really expected that. So, um, Yeah. I mean, I personally, I'm painfully straight. I'm someone who, my mom is queer. Um, I would love to be heteroflexible or bisexual because that means there's all of these other options for me, (laughs) like, you know, a couple billion. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not geared that way. And um and April over here is a little bit more on the heteroflexible side and I do I do deal with with the idea of people that um especially because what I do having a shameless sex podcast, they assume that I I am that. I like to play with women too and um it's just it's really just not my jam. For me, playing with the most attractive woman is like playing with a very unattractive man. Yeah. It feels exactly the
2: same. Of course, right. <laughs> I mean, even in the swinging lifestyle, everybody just assumes that I'm bisexual because I'm. that's what you just do, and I'm not. So that's the first question people uh, want to know is how do you like to play? Who do you like to play with? And I like to make that clear that I'm not here to play with the other woman. I'm here to play with another guy. And that's just the way it is. So I, I understand completely where you're coming but from. But we've
1: come up with some new designations for Carol. Uh, it goes like uh, bi-friendly, bi-playful, by situational by selective by selfish uh, Whatever works for her is what makes our swinging sex life good.
2: I'm not bisexual, but whatever happens in the moment, I just go with it. Yeah, you're and not
1: bi-curious anymore.
2: No, but I don't like labels anyways. But whatever right is going on i go go. with it
1: yeah that's a lot of fun
4: and you're creating your own rules and that is powerful and we fully support you in your bi ways
1: (laughs) (laughs) thank you and and you know we had dr megan fleming from new york city on our show and uh, she was talking about um how, how to spice up your sex life and she also isn't into women she's not into alternative lifestyles but she practices hot monogamy with her husband and we found that so cool because you know you don't have to go out there to bring other um, tools or, or aspects into your sex life just as a couple if you just talk to each other about fantasies yeah. push Use those fantasies. Boundaries, boundaries as a couple you can have the most amazing hot monogamy and i love that line um just the two of you absolutely all right. Now that we've been talking about women and bi and everything, and I got this erection here, and I was just, you know, after the show, we we're going to have to fuck because I'm so turned on now. But Here's the next one. Go ahead. Men think about sex more often than women do.
4: I, and maybe Amy will differ on me, I believe this is true because, and I'm not saying all men, but I think if if you have a statistic, I would assume that men think about sex more than women i mean probably not as like i think about sex all the time but i'm not like most people so i
3: will go with true but maybe <laughs> okay. will disagree april's unusual so i would say that people who have more testosterone in their bodies will probably feel more sex drive or urge than people who have Testosterone in their bodies, so that's male body folks versus uh, generally female body folks. So if you're going with the hormones, then then yeah, they will probably be a little bit more drive slash uh, sexual urges or thoughts about sex. Although it depends what you're talking about, because I think just be, you, people think about sex all the time. It's not related to urge, it's not related to drive or horniness. A lot of times, they are thinking about their insecurities about sex or their desires that aren't being fulfilled, and um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And I think that is completely equal across all genders. Um, but in terms of drive people, some, you know, some estrogen driven folks maybe don't feel it as sporadically and often as testosterone driven folks. Um, although I know plenty of female body folks that are horny all the time like April.
2: <laughs> there we go. So I, th- so I think everybody thinks about it wh- however they want to. Yep. More prevalent in the man is what you're saying. Uh, yeah and again just it just depends on the man there you That's go the okay how about this one here women are choosier than men do you mean with
4: uh selecting who they're going to be sexually active with or i, I think they just have a partner. like partner
2: more uh, criteria more boxes to check off the list before they settle mm,
3: i don't think so i don't, I don't so yeah really settling no i would say i think that 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 everyone, uh, we're not ever okay. My, my personal belief is the older we get, the more boxes we have to check off. So when I was 20, I was like, they need to be cute and nice. Ah, <laughs> I love you. But when I was 30, it was like, they need to also be brilliant and have um, a deep drive to create and they want to travel the world. When they're 40, they need to ejaculate glitter.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, what about our age? Like- How do you get the glitter in? <laughs> What happens when you're 55?
3: (laughs) When you're 55, we want you to poop rainbows. There you go.
2: (laughs) No comment, okay? Um, I'm leaving this discussion alone at this moment. (laughs) All right.
3: Yeah, but, but I mean, I think that's what it's more so. The more experience that we get, the more we learn about ourselves and what we want and what we don't want. And so then, yes, we become choosier. Uh, with age, but I don't think that there's one gender that's more choosy uh, than the other. I'm absolutely agreeing I'm with okay. you.
1: All right. I get the next one. Women have orgasms less frequently than men.
3: Well, yeah. I mean. They're self-induced <laughs> or
4: <laughs> together. Or... W-
3: women's ability or desire to have orgasm is no less than men. Right. Um, I think that the way that sex is happening for a lot of folks is like porn sex and porn sex is not geared towards giving women orgasms or touching their bodies the way that their bodies really desire or can orgasm from. Um, and so, yes, in that case, if you're having the sex that is similar to what you see in porn, then yeah, men are probably having more orgasms than, uh, women are, but it's not to say that women don't have the ability, don't have the desire. It's just that they're not being touched in the way that uh, is giving them the orgasms that the body's capable of. And, and we- again, there's plenty of women that are, but a lot of folks aren't experiencing that.
1: And we've been talking for probably ever since our show started about how important self-pleasuring is. And you guys are in the sex toy industry. And all those great toys that are out there, I mean, uh, Womanizer's coming out with a new product and it's one of Carol's favorite toys. But um, we believe, and we've talked about it a lot, that if a woman knows how to make her body come, how to have a great orgasm, she should be able to, and, and you know, we're talking about shameless sex today, open up and tell her partner what she likes because as a guy if she's not telling me what i what what's good for her I can go down there, lick her pussy, lick her clit for an hour and a half. And for me, it's all good. For her, after 10 minutes, you know, it's good, it's good, it's good. And it's not good anymore. It's not good anymore. And if you just keep going on and on, you know, she loses that arousal, loses that excitement. So we, we've been talking a lot lately about how important it is for that woman to take control. We spoke about it earlier, about how to self-pleasure herself and tell the man she's with. And we, we do it in the, in the swinging lifestyle all the time what's good for her and what feels good. And if a guy's going down on you and he has his tongue on your clit and he's going too fast and you like it slow, just tell him to slow it down and sex in general should be slowed down.
4: I know. And everyone always talks about communication, communication, communication. And it's hard for some folks to communicate, especially when it comes to the body, the genitals, the situation. Maybe it's not a long-term partnership. Maybe it's someone new and you're not as comfortable sharing what you like and what you don't like, but it's, really important to get in there and explain as much as you can and you don't have to use a lot of words but even simple noises like yes or to the left or yeah, yeah, um mm-hmm. slower mm-hmm. uh that feels great and it would feel even better when you when you yeah. slow the fuck down um, <laughs> but i i use toys all the time and my part my current partner was never really into into toys but he is totally um love the fact that when I do incorporate toys into our sexual experiences, that I do come faster. and that has been something easily easy to discuss because I'm like, it has nothing to do with you. This is how I effectively can have an orgasm. and um and it's worked great because then both of us actually can orgasm during play. So it's yeah. just a matter of putting it on the table, not necessarily when you're going to have the experience to do, when it's in the middle, maybe talking about things beforehand, as I'm sure swingers negotiate. You can negotiate if you're not swinging. You can mm-hmm. negotiate in a in a new sexual experience. So, yeah, I think that, that covers it. I don't I, think that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So we do have. Uh, do we have time for one more myth? One more myth. Okay, here we go. Um, so women don't like casual sex as much as men.
4: <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: That's a big man. <laughs> uh,
4: casual sex. I mean, I think there are a lot of women out there, let's say female bodied individuals or estrogen driven individuals that love casual sex as much as the next person. So I think in general, sex is on the brain a lot and casual sex if in, in where, where I think about it is um, maybe sex with folks, sex with strangers. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, there's something hot about that. And I feel like a lot of people Female-bodied individuals feel the same way. At least, a lot of my friends. And the casual sex well, it,
2: kind of means no strings attached. You just in there to have the great sex and leave, which is a good, re- is a nice, fun release.
1: The a sexual
2: release of what you have. You don't have to worry about relationship. Do I need to see him again? Is he going to call me? All those things are not even on the table. So you just can have that sexual experience and let it go.
3: and it's that feeling of newness too which people like there's something really exciting about something that is new uh, that you have not experienced before and of course in casual sex sometimes it can be hard to have really, really, really great casual sex because they people haven't figured out each other's bodies yet. But I don't think that that is different for across the genders. I think that's just standard for everyone, that once you figure a body out, it's a lot easier to understand them and pleasure them the way they want to be pleasured. But then you don't get the newness. So um, I think all genders uh, like casual sex. Um, or, But I mean, of course, it's not for everyone, but I don't think it's different per gender. Right, Even absolutely. A podcast. Casual sex
4: too. That was really good with Reed Mahalco, who's um, a well-known sex educator. But there are some great rules to put around having casual sex, where uh, like no sleepovers Mm -hmm. and don't cook breakfast for them the next morning and (laughs) get rid of them fast. uh, No grocery shopping because there is an art to casual sex and keeping it casual, where the feelings aren't on the table, where it just is um, casual. So
1: beautiful absolutely all right we can go on for hours and hours well you guys can come back another time we'll do a whole show on myth-busting thanks so much for that uh, amazing myth-busting expertise Uh, we're gonna uh, ask you guys to hang on for a second we're gonna take a short commercial break this is the sexy lifestyle we are Carol and David and today we're talking with the amazing and beautiful Amy and April from shameless sex podcast and coming up next is our favorite segment of the show great sex matters so stay tuned we'll be right back after this,
2: this portion of the Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David is sponsored by Naughty and Orleans, July 25 to 29, 2018. Naughty and Orleans is the largest lifestyle convention for couples in the world. With over a thousand couples, this event not only takes over. Uh, One of the French Quarter's biggest hotels, it takes over Bourbon Street too.
1: It sure does, and we're going to be there. So join us for a five-day, four-night hotel takeover alternative lifestyle convention. It's a gathering of open-minded couples who are all interested in exploring their sexuality while visiting New Orleans, one of the sexiest cities in North America.
2: Check out our website for all the details, the sexylifestyle.com travel and events page.
0: You are listening to The Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Got a burning question or comment about today's show? Send an email to ask at Carolandavid.com. And we just might be answering your question next. Now back to this week's show.
1: This is The Sexy Lifestyle, we are Carol and David, and today we're talking with Amy and April from Shameless Sex Podcast, and now for our favorite part of the show where we get to talk about great sex because... Well,
2: great sex matters, and we all deserve it. So your podcast, Shameless Sex, sheds light on so many different topics, especially ways of how to make sex better. So I thought it might be fun if we could share some of your advice with our listeners. So I went through a whole bunch of your episodes and I picked out a few of my favorites. So I thought we could have some discussions. One of your episodes, you talked about quickies and how we can have great, pleasurable, connected sex, even when time is limited.
3: Yeah, so... Um we always talk about how to slow down insects, so go slower than slow and then slower than that when you're touching or being touched, especially in the initial phases of arousal. And a lot of people have asked that you know, how do you do that and have a quickie when time is limited? You know, what if you only have five or 10 minutes? Um, so I would say if you have only five or 10 minutes, Um, to still listen to the body. If the body's not ready, then maybe penetration's not on the table for your quickie. Quickies can be other things, like oral and um, fun, sensual play all over the body and just making out and rubbing the bodies together. Uh, It doesn't have to be penetrative sex. But if you do notice that that both or more, however many people are are playing, um, bodies are ready for for penetration, then yeah, you can throw that into the quickie. But it's really a matter of listening to the body and giving it the arousal and warm-up that it wants. And with that said... Sex toys are a great way to warm up the body pretty quickly. So if you only have five or ten minutes, you're trying to get your body from a one to a nine so that you can get there pretty quickly and be uh, really aroused, try using a vibrator or some other sex toy uh, like April's Hot Octopus or with a womanizer or something like that to get your body up there um, a lot faster than you would with hands or um, not using a sex toy. I like to negotiate
4: the terms with the quickie before, too. Like, I'm going to make you come. And it's not, I mean, this is just personal. And I I think that sometimes I'm like, okay, I'm really horny. Can we just have a quickie? Because I know I'm going to come really quickly. Um, And that's typically, I think, if you can negotiate the terms beforehand, so both people know it's a quickie. And uh, maybe there's only one person that's It's going to be fun for both of you, but um, the objective is to have that me come or you come. I think that's always fun, too.
1: We've done that a few times. Carol gets out of the shower. I say, just lie on the bed. It's all about you. I'm going to make you come. She gets so turned on. In three minutes, she's done. We get back to doing it, and then she does me later.
2: Yeah, we take turns. Exactly.
1: Okay. Win-win right there. Now, I want to know about this pussy hug and how it (laughs) enhances orgasms.
3: The pussy hug, okay, at first I have to say that I believe that this was first coined by Midori, the sex educator, and so I'm going to give her credit. And then we've also heard Allison Moon, who's another sex educator, uh, quote this as well. But the pussy hug is when you're going to touch the pussy, um, in, instead of using your creepy pokey fingers, just kidding, you're not creepy, but pokey <laughs> fingers can be a lot right away. Um, Instead of just going in and starting to touch the clit or start to use one or two fingers, take the whole hand, so the flats of the inside of the hand and the flats of the fingers, um, and just rest it, cup it all outside of the pelvic floor so it's covering all over the whole uh, labia, the vaginal opening, the clitoris, everything is just being held by your hand. Um, and a well-lubricated hand because this is a mucous membrane that likes to be touched with moistness. So you just take your hand and this is the first thing you do when you're going to touch the pussy, just rest your hand and hold the outer part of the pussy, the vulva, for 30 seconds to a minute. And what happens here is that the skin can acclimate to each other, so the hand, skin of the hand and the skin of the of the vulva. Um, and then it makes it so that things can feel more relaxed and more calm and almost to a certain degree safer. And then when you start to move your hand, the body is now ready because it's acclimated to your hand. And it can just feel really, really nice. And how it enhances orgasm? Well, if um, if you are more relaxed and ready to receive, then your ability to the things that you can receive uh, will be increased. And then in turn, your chances of orgasm and its potency will probably be increased as well. So I personally love the pussy hug. If someone's going to touch my pussy, And I pretty much require that just like rest your hand here for 30 seconds to a minute so that my body can get used to your body and then you can start moving.
2: And one of the things we like to remind everybody that the head of the clit, which is where a lot of guys tend to go very, very first spot, they want to get there and they start pressing it. Well, it's or it's just like an elevator button. You keep pressing. It's not going to make it come any faster. Nope, it doesn't work that way. I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, I just want to ask you about the pussy hug. So like while he's holding your pussy and hugging it, or if you know you're doing it to yourself, what else is going on? Is all the focus just in the pussy? There's just, I mean, just the hand is on the pussy right at that moment, and
3: and there is like presence is also required. So they're definitely staying present for my body and what it feels like to touch my body and what my skin temperature and texture feels like, and I'm feeling the same thing. So it's almost like this slow tantric moment in time of being able to feel everything and stay present for the sensations in as an act of. As it means it's slowing down uh, and then working from there, it's really creating a foundation to be able to move forward. And that foundation requires this, this slowness and this, this stillness to um, to get the body really ready. And then when it comes to the touch techniques, I, I like to um, remind people of what it what it's like when you go get a professional massage. You go get a professional massage this is not your twenty five dollar massage, not those ones. This is more like your seventy five to a hundred dollar massage you're laying down, the massage therapist gets their hands all lubed up with some oil and they rub their hands together so they get their hands really warm so it's not going to be shocking to your body. Then they rest them on your back and they don't move them. They just hang out there for a little bit. And then when they start to move them, they just kind of rock the body back and forth to wake up the body and then they slowly start to move and make their way um, you know, up and down the back, but they're gradually building it up and they put a lot of time and energy to letting the skin on skin really acclimate to each other um, because they don't want to shock your body. And it's the same thing for touching a pussy. You really want to take your time waking it up and working your way in so that nothing feels shocking or too much. And when you do that, the possibilities are limitless for pleasure.
2: Well, that was an excellent way of describing that. I picture it completely. So thank you so much for that. One of your other... Um, Uh, episodes, you talked about um, mastering of techniques for the penis, including hand jobs and erotic massage. So I'm just imagining going from the vulva, which you just talked about the pussy hug to doing something similar, you know, with the penis, I guess he deserves that kind of contact as well. Mm Yeah,
3: it's pretty much the same thing, even though a lot of penis owners are like, I I can handle hard and fast right away. Go ahead and just give it to me. I think when they experience uh, slow and soften that same thing of letting the skin-on-skin acclimate each other to each other and the slow buildup, um, they can feel more. There's more sensation available to them that maybe they haven't even felt before, so... A very similar thing of just like holding holding the cock in your hand and then slowly working with it and working with it as if it's a massage and not a hand job. You know, a hand job is very goal-oriented. It's I'm going to give you an orgasm and get you off. And uh, a mas- an erotic massage is more about the journey. And I think in that way, the mastery piece is how can you touch someone um, as if it's a journey as opposed to getting to a destination? Because when it is a journey, it takes the pressure off people can feel more, things come up that you've never came up before and it's a really fun exploration, almost like this act of honoring each other Uh, and and you can think of it as like worshipping the penis, you know and the part of worshipping the penis isn't to get it over with as fast as possible, it's to take your time, pleasuring and honoring, so they can really feel all the yumminess that they're worthy of.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I love that too. I mean, I love giving blowjobs, handjobs, all of those things. It's really one of the things I love to do. She's so good at it. <laughs> but and that, yeah,
3: and, and like that's the thing. Like, it's not a job. It's funny that we use those terms. But yeah. Like, if you, you love it that much. It's not. You're probably not going about it like it's a job. It's yeah. more like I want to do this.
2: Well, I always tell David, it's not for you. I'm not doing this for you. I'm doing this for me. So if you come, <laughs> great. If you don't, well, but that's bad. why our relationship is so good because I eat your pussy for you. Okay. There so you suck my
1: cock for you so <laughs> beautiful you <know. laughs> I, I get
2: it all that way it's all
4: great and 69 is the best way to go yeah exactly. absolutely both, both can enjoy
2: so i think it's time for some final advice now here's a good one what are the top two things that you can recommend that a couple could do tonight to spice up their sex life and build a deeper more playful connection
3: um, okay, so for a couple, what I would say is have give so have a giving and receiving night, and this is actually you can start it tonight, but you'll actually have a second night where you'll finish this um, this journey. So one of you will be the giver, one of you will be the receiver. In and, and in this night, the giver does not get to receive. So penetrative sex or any genital, ungenital touch is out off the table because that would mean both people would receive. Um, there are no goals. You're not getting to orgasm town. If orgasm happens, that's awesome. But if there is a goal, the goal is just pleasure. And the person receiving gets to ask for maybe two requests. Maybe they say, I definitely want you to play with my nipples and I want a lot of making out. And then the giver gets to decide if they can do that. Yes, okay, I'm on board. But then other than that, the giver gets to decide what else they want to do. You know, draw them a bath. Um, massage their scalp, feed them grapes and chocolate, and then put them on the bed with a your waterproof blanket that I don't know the name of, but a brand waterproof blanket. <laughs> yes. And um, start massaging their entire body, not even going near the genitals, for like a half an hour and then go slowly making your way to the genitals while making out with them because they said they want a lot of making out, while playing with their nipples because they said they want some the nipple to play. And just see what happens and do this whole journey, maybe 90 minute window or something. And don't, uh, don't be looking for anything and just let that be what it is. And then um, uh, another week or maybe three days later, then the other, you switch roles and the person that was the giver gets to be the receiver. Don't have to match the other person for everything that the other person did. It's their own creative journey of honoring. And when people do that, it just they, again, it's that honoring of each other. It's that slowing down. It gets rid of pressure. It gets rid of the goals. And all of a sudden, when people are able to just be in the journey, they discover so much more. They enjoy more. They feel more. Uh, and they're more connected because they're not on their heads about getting somewhere. And so, yeah, I think that would be my top piece. April, do you have a, a little addition you want to connect?
4: Um, Another good one would be I have two elements of this. Share something with your partner that you haven't shared before, whether it's something that you like or maybe there's some shame you want to release. Come with an open heart and, and just share a piece of something that maybe you haven't shared before. I really want to try anal. Maybe that's something. And that would be another part of it. Uh, try something that you've never tried before. Um, and it doesn't have to be full, um, your full penetrative anal sex. Maybe you just have a finger that you never had in the butt before. Or maybe you're gonna try, um, to pro- have a prostate massage, give your partner a prostate massage. Or maybe you're going to attempt to find your G-spot. Or perhaps you're gonna do an erotic massage or practice breath work together where you're both breathing at the same time and there's no sex involved. But trying something completely new for you or incorporating a toy Um, and if it's tonight perhaps that is just the sharing something that you um, haven't shared something deep about yourself I know there's things we're all humans; we all have things deep inside that perhaps we don't have never shared before but it's there's no time like the present to be open true and um, identify the real parts of who we are as uh, playful sexual amazing beings
1: wow what a great show!
4: <laughs> very, we could very go great on for advice. Hours
1: and hours, guys. Well, we reserve the right to ca- ask you to come back on our show, and please invite <laughs> us to be on your show. You guys are amazing. Hey,
3: come on our show. Love
4: to have you. Yeah, Both are wonderful.
1: So, Amy and April, thanks so much for being here. Your information, stories, everything you spoke about was amazing. Why don't you take a second or two seconds and tell everybody about how they can reach out to you?
3: You can find us at our podcast called Shameless Sex on iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, Spotify. Just look up Shameless Sex Podcast and it should come up. You can also find us on our website at shamelesssex.com or email us at shamelesssexpodcast at gmail.com. We're also on Instagram as Shameless Sex Podcast and on Facebook as Shameless Sex Podcast. So really, just look up Shameless Sex Podcast and we're everywhere. That was
1: very simple. And when you do search shameless sex podcast you're going to see two of the most beautiful women out there
3: other other than um carol right. thank you so much yeah thank
1: you. <laughs> all right hang on guys uh, we're learning more and more every week with our fantastic sexpert guests, and we hope you do too. Remember, great sex matters.
2: And you deserve it. And we encourage every couple to make a point of learning more about sex and sexuality and all the different ways to spice up your sex life. To find out more, you can go to our website, thesexylifestyle.com, the radio show guest page to see all our amazing sex expert guests. Click on their link and contact them if you need more advice.
1: Well, that's it for our show today. Amy, April, thank you so much for being here.
2: Thank you. We love
4: (laughs) those. Merci beaucoup.
1: Let's thank everybody out there for listening. We hit 325,000 listeners this week in 70 countries. Yay.
2: And remind everybody to sign up on SDC.com if you're looking for an open-minded online community to meet other sexy people and find out where the events are happening near you. Use promo code 30314 for the first month free. Check it out.
1: Now, speaking about SDC, we're going to be heading to Europe very soon. We're going to be stopping in Barcelona for a quick stop at oops in barcelona on saturday june 30th and then
2: we're going to be heading to capdag the naked city in france from july 2 till 10. it's going to be an amazing lifestyle experience and
1: boy does sdc know how to put on a party we cannot wait to party there for 10 days
2: and at the end of july we'll be back in nalens as the reigning queen and king uh, we'll be getting naughty in naughty and Orleans july 25 to 29.
1: And the cool part about that is we get to lead the parade down Bourbon Street and around the French Quarter throwing beads. Last year there was, I don't know, 5,000 people watching everybody express their sexual freedom and open-mindedness. It's just was well, such an amazing time.
2: Uh, let's not forget the SDC cruise to Cuba December 4 to 11. And for more information about these trips or anything else, visit our website at thesexylifestyle.com or send us an email at ask at
1: Join us again next time for another hour of The Sexy Lifestyle as we're going to be chatting with a whole bunch of the sex educators as we participate in the Alaskan Cruise with Luxury Lifestyle Vacations on their cruise ship.
2: We are Carol and David reminding you to
1: spice up your sex
2: life and live happy, healthy, and horny.
1: Stay sexy, everyone. Until next time.
0: Thank you for joining Carol and David for this week's edition of The Sexy Lifestyle. We've got another one lined up next Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. This weekend is just around the corner, so try something new, spice it up, and you just might have the best sex ever.